podcast number 21, Spring into the 2023 Garden. We can all rejoice, it's that time again. After an overall mild but strangely prolonged winter, we're finally looking spring squarely in the buds. And that means it's time to put the past three months of dreaming and planning into action. Here's what's happening on our little homestead habitat, covering all bases from our native plant infrastructure to an exciting new homestead project, chickens. Grow native. We started with native plants back in 2018 with recommendations from the St. Louis Audubon Society's Bring Conservation Home Program, which inspired us to earn a platinum award by 2021. Natives create a natural ecosystem to support the farm side. They ensure biodiversity and attract the pollinators we need to grow food. But once we snagged that platinum award, folks asked, what's next? It's a good question, but anyone who gardens knows your work is never done. In late fall, I added two campsus radicans, trumpet vines, to the base of the pergola as the passion flower vine doesn't grow long and robust enough to cover the top and provide shade in the yard that could really use it. We're experimenting with keeping natives like persimmon and pawpaw as orchard trees for fruit, and that means pruning them. I've consulted with Seed St. Louis and Forest Keeling, and they both say it's safe to trim back even large trees like persimmon to harvestable height. Still, I'm a little worried I get too aggressive with our persimmon. The flowers and grasses have filled in any blank spaces where we've removed turf, and the look is what I would call naturalized. At this point, we're deciding how much to control. Goldenrod, aster, and evening primrose like to self-seed and spread, which is not a bad thing at all. How manicured should our fenced-in back garden look? Last is the front yard, which we've only chipped away at, leaving a smallish patch of turf grass we still mow, plus a shade bed full of ornamental azaleas. Will we tackle these in 2023? Perennially giving. We grow, grow four plants that give us food every year through very little effort on our part. One, after losing a very productive rhubarb plant I'd grown from the root, I purchased three starter plants from Seed St. Louis and two came back up this spring. Hurrah! Note, Dean Gunderson at Seed St. Louis says they're more robust if you plant them as starts as opposed to bare root. These sometimes go belly up in hot, humid climates. That reminds me, I will make a note to share my rhubarb bread recipe later this year. Two, our well-loved asparagus bed provides a delicious vegetable that tastes a million times better than what you can buy from the store. Really looking forward to the spring's crop, and I'm also hoping to expand the bed this year. Three, thanks to a reader tip, we think we know how to get rid of, how to rid ourselves of that fungus marring the horseradish. Four, we grow a perennial onion that multiplies or grows new bulbs off the main each year, and the ones we planted last fall are sprouting promisingly. Annual Food Fund. That brings me to our annual beds, which change on a rotational schedule year to year. It's taken me a while to work out the best method for this, but I think I've got it now. And in the article version of this podcast, I'm sharing it with paid subscribers as a bonus. That paste link is at the end of that article uh, below the paywall, so you can share in my spreadsheet joy.
One of the many marvelous aspects of life in Missouri is a long growing season. Earlier, I bragged about our April to December harvests in 2022, and I'm also happy to report we're just now eating the last of our winter stores, one jar of dried Swiss chard and a bag of frozen pesto cubes. Now we did supplement with groceries. Let's not go crazy thinking Anthony and I are anywhere close to living off of the fat of the land. But we've reduced our supermarket bill a good deal, and we have greater health and well-being to show for it. Here's what's on deck for the cool season spring spring planting, season spring plantings, which will direct sow this week, weather permitting. Cabbage, carrots, greens like kale, lettuce, and Swiss chard. Peas, by the way, Aaron Hansen of the Suburb Farm says it's good luck to sow these on St. Patrick's Day, but here it was 20 degrees that day. A greenhouse of sorts. If you stuck with us a while now, you know we've been hampered by an inability to start seeds indoors thanks to the star of this substack, Chaco. He'll dig up any seedling, and we have no place to put them where he can't get to them. We're on a limited budget and couldn't afford the greenhouse of our dreams, so I waited until late fall when no, else, no one else was thinking about greenhouses and purchased a pla- mostly plastic one for 100 bucks. Oh, I was pretty excited to put it up and plant seeds I'd collected from those perennial onions, which apparently rarely go to seed, though mine have twice. The plants you grow from seed will produce even bigger bulbs, so you can imagine my anticipation. Of course, you get what you pay for, and just one week after we put the thing up, it blew over, scattering the onion seeds hither and yon. Wah, wah. Still, we managed to salvage the greenhouse. I repaired the starters and summer sprouting. Hope springs eternal. I'm also planning to use the greenhouse, assuming it remains standing, to get a jump start on basil, cucumber, marigolds, peppers, tomatoes, and possibly others. No one here but us. Chickens. Yeah, we're diving into animal husbandry with a flock of layers. I'll share more details about this soon, but for now, let me answer the big questions. Our suburban satellite town here on the outskirts of St. Louis only allows us six chickens, and all of them must be hens, no roosters. We've ordered five of the breed speckled Sussex, which are supposed to be friendly to the point where they rush over to you when you show up, which is how Chaco behaves, so that seems right for us. They will be free-range within designated rotating fenced areas, but they will also enjoy something called a chickshaw as a shelter retreat. Here's a sneak peek for those who missed my chat invitation on the subject. Speaking of Substack's chat function, that's now available on the web as well, so you don't have to download the app to participate. While I personally love the app for my own Substack reading, I know many of you prefer your computers. Now you can take part in our chats too. All right, like I said, for the article version, there is a spreadsheet for paid subscribers only. What you'll find below that paywall is a link to my master gardening charts going back to when I began the record keeping in earnest in 2020. You'll see both successes and failures, especially early on, as well as notes on what sort of soil amendments, companion planting, and other variables worked. The row flow sheets are my newest method for getting the successions and rotations plotted out correctly. While some people prefer to wing it, and I would too if I had copious land to play with, We're gardening on just a quarter acre, so space is limited. It needs to be planned out carefully, or you lose an opportunity for a whole key crop, as has happened to me in the past. 
Please don't judge my veggie garden log. I feel so vulnerable sharing it with you. But if you do have any suggestions or insights, please feel free to comment.